Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, stories and sermons for the journey. A channel of blessing for friends everywhere to experience how the Holy Spirit moves ordinary people into an extraordinary calling, bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom of God. The Word is declared through the pastors and partners of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua, founded in 2011 in Jovellanos, Cuba, by pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers and storytellers in the United States. Our team is dedicated to planting and nurturing churches and to spread the reach of the gospel. We pray you'll be blessed by these teachings and testimonies of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Last week on the podcast, we started a two-part episode called Remembering Who We Are. When it comes to our calling to live as the children of God, we believers can develop issues with collective memory. And when this happens, the Lord gives us reminders, sometimes gentle, sometimes not. Last week we heard Isaiah's almost mocking cry to the people of Israel. We heard the words of Christ himself, How can you call me Lord and not do what I say? And Paul's imploring of the early Christians to wake up, sleeper, and come into the light. And we heard the impassioned, prophetic music of Jesus Movement era Apostle Keith Green, who laid out the charge to us. These are God's people asleep in the light. He cries, he weeps, he bleeds, and he cares for your needs. You just lay back and keep soaking it in. There are people sinking down in a dark world all around us. There are fires burning everywhere. And do we care? Do we care? Do we even worry at all about the people outside trapped in the darkness of their own sin or the darkness of the circumstance around us? These people that need Jesus. Do we see them? It is your calling, church. Sometimes learning to live out our calling isn't that easy. But Jesus told us how to get to the heart of it. Matthew 7, verse 12, he says, In everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And then there's the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we live in a complicated and difficult time. And defining what it means to love and, and what constitutes an action of love can get really blurry with all the voices speaking into our heads. We think, okay, is it hugging people into the kingdom and consoling them? Or is it helping them to see their sin and their need for salvation and transformation? Or is it somewhere in between? Even for followers of Christ, it can become confusing as we try to figure out how to best love God and love neighbor. But here's the thing, when we're looking for a godly solution, it, it, it's almost a complete guarantee that the solution is never between this point or this point, somewhere in the middle. But no, it's always above. And the ecclesia of God must figure out what it means to love as Jesus means for us to love. You and I now, we might come at things from different angles. We might have different points of view. 
But here's the thing we better love. Because when we fail to love, we start to wreck the work of God's kingdom. We hinder the completion of the kingdom. And like our ancestors in Israel, we can render null and void all of our own prayers and supplications just by our own behavior and our own failure to love. And then we miss out on the joy of his promises, and much, much worse, we keep others, those people sleeping in the dark, from being able to experience God's grace in all of its fullness. William Booth was a London preacher who in 1852 abandoned the traditional pulpit in favor of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ directly to the people. He went out walking in the streets and he preached to the poor and the homeless and the hungry and destitute. His fellow clergymen did not understand his unconventional approach. And so he and his wife Catherine withdrew from the church so that they could train evangelists throughout England. And they returned to the east end of London in 1865, where many followers joined their fight for the souls of lost men and women. Within 10 years, their organization, operating under the name The Christian Mission, had over 1,000 volunteers and evangelists. They were thieves, prostitutes, gamblers, and drunkards. All these were the first converts. And soon those converts were also preaching and teaching people in the streets as living testimonies to the power of God. While reviewing a proof of the 1878 annual report of The Christian Mission, William Booth noticed a statement. The Christian mission is a volunteer army. And taking his pen, he crossed out the words volunteer army, and he wrote in salvation army. And together, the Booths and their, their cohorts launched an offensive throughout the British Isles that converted 250,000 Christians between 1881 and 1885. And the message spread rapidly. It gained a foothold in many, many nations. And today, the Salvation Army is active in virtually every corner of the world in more than 100 countries. And they offer the message of God's healing and hope to everyone in need. We're going to take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on The Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed, to see people set free from what holds them captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. And if you'd like to be a covenant financial partner or contribute to the work of the ministry, I encourage you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. William Booth spent a lot of time with the Lord, as much as he could, and he documented five personal visions that he sensed coming to him from the Holy Spirit. Perhaps the best known of these, in which he recalls an overnight trip staring out into the blackness from the window of a moving train. I saw a dark and stormy ocean. Black clouds hung heavily. Every now and then vivid lightning flashed and loud thunder roared. The winds moaned and the waves rose and foamed. Towered and broke, only to rise and foam, tower and break again. I saw myriads of poor humans plunged and floating, shouting and shrieking, cursing and struggling and drowning. And then some sank to rise no more. Out of this dark, angry ocean, a mighty rock rose, with its summit towering high above the black clouds that overhung the stormy sea. Around the base of this great rock, I saw a vast platform, and I saw with delight a number of poor, struggling, 
drowning wretches climbing out of the angry ocean. A few of those who were already safe on the platform were helping the poor creatures still in the angry waters to reach a place of safety. A number of those who had been rescued industriously worked and schemed by ladders, ropes, boats and other means to deliver the poor strugglers out of the sea. Some actually jumped into the water, regardless of the consequences and their passion to rescue the perishing. What puzzled me most was the fact that though all of them had been rescued from the ocean, nearly everyone seemed to have forgotten all about it. Anyway, it seemed the memory of the darkness and the danger no longer troubled them. These people did not seem to have any care about the poor perishing ones who were drowning right before their very eyes, many of whom were their own husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, and even their own children. Many spent their time amusing themselves, growing flowers on the side of the rock, painting pieces of cloth, playing music, or dressing themselves up in different styles and walking about to be admired. Some occupied themselves chiefly in eating and drinking, otherwise taken up with arguing about the poor drowning creatures that had already been rescued. But the thing to me that seemed the most amazing was that those on the platform to whom he called, who heard his voice and felt they ought to obey it, or at least they said they did, those who confessed they loved him much, who worshipped him or professed to do so, were so taken up with their trades and professions, their money saving and pleasures, their family circles, their religions and arguments about it, that they did not listen to the cry that came to them from the wonderful being who himself had gone into the sea. They did not care. And so the multitude went on struggling and shrieking and drowning in the darkness. And then I saw something that seemed to me even more strange. Some of these people on the platform to whom this wonderful being had called, wanting them to come and to help him to save those perishing creatures, were always praying and crying out to him to come to them. And all the while he was down by his spirit among the poor, struggling, drowning creatures in the angry deep, his arms around them trying to drag them out, and looking up so longingly but in vain, crying to those in the rock with his voice hoarse from calling, Come to me! Come and help me! And then I understood it all. It was plain enough. The sea was the ocean of life. The sea of real, actual human existence. That lightning was the gleaming of piercing truth coming from God's throne. That thunder was the distant echoing of the wrath of God. Those multitudes of people shrieking, struggling and agonising the stormy sea were the thousands of lost people from every kindred, tongue and nation. That great sheltering rock represented Calvary, the place where Jesus had died for them. And the people on it were those who were being rescued. The way they used their energies, gifts and time represented the occupation and amusement of those who professed to be saved from sin and hell, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. A handful of fierce determined ones who were risking their lives and saving the perishing were true soldiers of the cross of Jesus. That mighty being who was calling to them from the angry waters was the Son of God, the same yesterday, today and forever, who is still struggling to save the dying multitudes about us from this terrible doom of damnation, and whose voice can be heard above the music, machinery and the noise of life, calling on the rescuers to come and help them save the world. My friends in Christ, you are rescued from the waters. You are on the rock. He is in the dark sea calling to you to come and help him. Will you go? Look to yourselves. 
The surging sea of life, crowded with perishing multitudes, rolls up to the very spot on which you stand. Will you linger on the bank, thinking and singing, praying about the poor perishing souls? Lay aside your shame, your pride, your cares about other people's opinions, your love of ease, and all the selfish loves that have kept you back for so long, and rush to the rescue of this multitude of dying men and women. Go to God. Tell him you're prepared to go down among the perishing crowds. Your happiness from now on will consist in sharing their misery, your ease in sharing their pain, your crown in helping them bear their cross, and your heaven in going to the very jaws of hell to rescue them. Now, what will you do? You can do better than this. Let me help you remember who you are. The Lord speaks to the people and says, is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Too often, kids, we're like a well-fed and well-exercised people who don't answer the call to rescue the perishing. But something amazing happens when we get a hold of really loving God and neighbor and we remember who God has called us to be and how we get a hold of making disciples. Something amazing then occurs and, and Isaiah fleshes that out. If you do those things, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. And suddenly, church, we're no longer asleep in the light. We become like flaming arrows pointing to heaven and the Holy Spirit's power is unleashed to do his work in us when we love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. It is then we can begin to become the rescuers we, can, we are made to be. We can heal the sick. We can cast out the demons. We can preach good news to the poor, clothe the naked, feed the hungry, give shelter to people, and help them get free from their sin, their personal sin, and the collective sin that binds them and free them from the chains of injustice. We are blessed as we work to be a blessing. We get healed. Our lives get guarded and our lives are increased. Light shines like the dawn in us. Verse 11 and 12. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Instead of the church, you can't do anything for those lost in the dark because we're sleeping in the light. We have a message of salvation and freedom to take to all peoples. And this, friends, brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you very much for being with us. Once again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. 
I'm Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. And until next time, we pray God will bless you richly. Go and be the church.